Hush Money is a production of iHeartRadio. This is Hush Money, a show about all the money subjects you're too uncomfortable to talk about. But we're not. I'm Nicole Lappin, money expert and author of the books Rich Bitch and Boss Bitch. And I'm Jason Pfeiffer, editor-in-chief of Entrepreneur Magazine. And we believe if you don't talk about money, you're never going to make any of it. So let's start talking. Each episode, Nicole and I will debate a tricky question about money and then bring in a celebrity judge to decide who's right. So let's get uncomfortable. Nicole, you told me something recently that blew my mind. You say a lot of things that blow your mind. That is true. But this one, okay, we were talking recently about subjects to do for this show, and you told me that a lot of women have secret bank accounts that they hide from their significant others. They do. It's really common. I can't believe you didn't even know that. I had no idea. But it also made me really curious. I wanted to know, why are women doing this? And what's happening to the money? And so I put out a call on social media for anyone who has a secret bank account. And literal minutes later, I heard from this woman. So the way that I was raised was, and the idea that I had in my mind was, when you got married, everything just became one. I'll call her Amanda. That's not her real name. And Amanda wanted me to understand that she didn't plan to keep a secret bank account from her husband. She wanted to get married and just combine finances and, like she said, become one. But let me guess. Then she discovered becoming one wasn't so awesome. Right. Because as it turns out, her husband is incapable of saving money. He just spends whatever they earn. And meanwhile, she grew up in a household that was obsessed with savings. So she's conscious of every penny that she has. And that wasn't really a problem when it was just the two of them and they both earned an income. But then she got pregnant and left her job. And let me guess, the husband was one managing the finances. I've heard this before. And he was doing a terrible job. Right. He felt... Like he was supposed to be providing for me and he wasn't in his mind when I would ask for something and we didn't have extra money to spend. And I felt like I was being a burden because I was asking for stuff that he felt he couldn't provide and I felt I was causing a lot of tension. Can I say how frustrating that is? I hate that she's blaming herself for his financial mismanagement. And it gets even more complicated. So, okay, this is when she creates the secret bank account. It was an old account that she just hadn't closed. And so she started to stash away a little money here and there. First, it was if she got any birthday money or whatever. And then she got a part-time job and we put some of that money away. And she was just thinking, you know, this can be her family's savings. Her husband cannot save money, so she'll just do it on the side. And also, if she wants to buy herself a little treat every now and then, she'll have the money to do so. So how much is in the account now? Like, about six grand. That's awesome. I love that. She's taking control of the financial situation. I know, except the financial control has its limits because, you know, it's a secret account, which means that she can't just dip into it. So, for example, according to the family's official bank account, they cannot afford an air conditioner for their house. This is going to be our third year without an air conditioning system. And it just, every summer that we get through without it, we're like, ah, oh, next year we're going to get one next year. And then next year rolls around and we haven't budgeted for it. Wait a second, but you could afford it. <laughs> yeah. Out of the money that he doesn't know you have. Mm-hmm. But you're not going to spend that money on an air conditioner. Right. 
Oh, that's heartbreaking. Yeah. But I'm guessing she's afraid that if she reveals the secret bank account that the husband will just go in and spend all that money and then they won't have any savings left. Yeah, exactly. Which is why I thought the solution here would be simple, which is her secret account needs to be the family's actual bank account and she alone needs to manage it. Have you ever sat down with your husband and said, listen, I'm going to take over the family finances? No. Well, how would that go? I think overall, he could be on board with it, but I'm not sure that I would want to do that because I do have such a strict, stringent idea of necessity and savings. And I feel like if I took over the family finances, I would really be quite strict And I think it would cause a lot more tension than anything else. So our role here today is to debate whether or not people should have a secret bank account. And I have to say, after listening to this, I feel like there's no good answer for her, right? She has the secret account, which I have to say, I don't think is a good idea. It's just introducing this level of secrecy to the marriage. But at the same time, it seems to be producing this result that she feels more comfortable with than some other alternative. Secrecy is definitely not awesome in a relationship, but you know what's worse? Hmm. Being broke. That's true. And so here's what we're going to do. You and I are going to debate this. Should you have a secret bank account? And then, as always, we're going to bring on a celebrity judge who today is John Taffer, host of Bar Rescue and also Marriage Rescue, a guy who goes and yells at people. And maybe, Nicole, he's going to yell at one of us. Or maybe he's going to rescue us. Maybe both. Okay. So there is this thing that I know you talk about, which is financial infidelity. And the secret account feels like a part of that. Is it the good part of that in the way that you see it? Because I mean, financial infidelity sounds like a bad thing, but the secret account is some version of infidelity, right? I think it's a safeguard. I think it's just a way of having your own back no matter what. You never think you're going to get divorced. You never think you're going to break up. You never think you're going to get laid off. So you don't save any money until you do. And you have none. What you just said there is all these contingencies of like, you can't you can't imagine that this terrible thing is going to happen or this terrible thing is going to happen or this terrible thing is going to happen. But is that then a prescription to guard against every potential bad thing? Or do people only get into this kind of stuff when, like the woman that we just heard from in the beginning of the show, there is some problem in the relationship, an active problem? She's not like planning for a problem. She is reacting to a problem. And she's safeguarding herself. And actually, she's safeguarding the entire relationship. Like if your partner has a bad habit, you're not going to feed that habit. I mean, this is a dark example. But if your partner has a penchant for alcohol or or maybe just can't have it around, you're not going to go buy a bunch of alcohol. Right? Right. But here's counter argument would be that by not addressing this, 
She is letting a problem fester. The secret account is functionally allowing her to sidestep a problem that it doesn't sound like will ever go away and will only get worse as their financial lives become more complicated. I had asked her, why don't you just take over the family finances? And her answer was this speculative thing. She was like, well, if I did, I think that I don't like how I would run the family finances. But you don't know that because you haven't tried it. And so instead, you're just avoiding the harder decision. I think for her, she should actually bring it up with her husband. Mm. And I think it could be a big teaching moment for them. And I just think of my girlfriend who had a secret account, though, for a completely different situation. She was in an abusive relationship and she had a secret stash. She worked on the side. She didn't tell him and she had enough money to actually leave him. I mean, that is great. That is great. That, of course, is part of a larger problem that like the relationship shouldn't have existed and she needed to get out of that. And I guess whatever the circumstances were, she needed the secret account to help do that. But then that feels like a short term solution for what is hopefully a short term problem, right? Like she built the secret account to get out of this relationship. The whole thing should have a small lifespan. But this woman at the beginning is otherwise happily married, but that means that she just seems to have a plan to run this account forever. Like, I don't know what her end game is. Maybe there's no end game. That seems just kind of crazy to me. It seems like it's like walking around your entire life with a Band-Aid on your face. No, it's not. Yes, it's it like is. like walking around. No, how is that a secret? I don't mean it's the on secret your face. part. You're taking the metaphor too literally. I mean that you have used something that is not going to fix the problem, but it's a Band-Aid for the problem, but then you just plan on having that Band-Aid forever instead of just healing, instead of just fixing. Okay, so for her, I would rip the Band-Aid off if we're going to continue with your metaphor that I still can't totally wrap my head around. But yeah, I think for them, she rips off this metaphorical Mm Band-Aid. She has a discussion with her husband. I would love for her to stop blaming herself. Yeah. But I've seen too often that women just get screwed in divorces. And I know you think everything's lovey-dovey now, and you just never know. And I come from a background that I've always had to have my own back. I trust people, even though I have no reason to trust people in a lot of situations. That's fair. You know, I've chosen not to be jaded. I've chosen to be more idealistic in areas I could be jaded. And still... I always just have my own back just in case shit hits the fan with a relationship I'm in, with a job I'm in, anything. I never know what's going to happen. And I can only depend on myself. And so I think a lot of women get in the situation where they get divorced or their husband leaves them or whatever, and they're left with zero in their bank account. And that's not having your own back. And I think it can go the other way. It's not just women. I think men can have a secret account if the wife has a shopping addiction or something like that. So he's safeguarding their finances as well. It's interesting because when I think of this stuff, I'm seeing a kind of distrust or perpetuation of a problem. But you are just thinking a level above that. You're like, I don't trust anything in a way, which is not like you walk around the world not trusting things, but you're like, something could go wrong at any time in any relationship, in any circumstance, and thus... I need a backup plan. It's not like I don't trust this one person or this one situation. It's that I have to treat everything like something that's not fully trustworthy. 
Yeah, can you tell that I have some serious abandonment issues and (laughs) catastrophizing issues? Yeah. Story of my life. It's a big reason why I believe in secret accounts. And it's always important to have yourself covered. Right. People abandon you. People do. God. Catastrophes happen. It's deep and dark, but it's also true. I mean, I can't dispute that. And I bet that there are lots of people who have secret accounts who then the worst did happen. And they were really happy that they had that money stashed away. Yeah, they were. Okay, I want to know what you think of this. This is a survey from creditcards.com. 20% of people that they surveyed say that a secret account is worse than an affair. 20%. Have they ever been cheated on? Because <laughs> that's, that's not question. awesome. I don't know if they I don't know if they answer the follow-up question. Um, I mean, it's interesting because what those people are clearly reacting to is this feeling of emotional abandonment or emotional taking advantage of or something, right? There's something that's really gut-wrenching to them about the idea of not being fully honest about money in a relationship that they're equating it with sex. And I think in some cases it is, but I don't think a secret account is financial infidelity in the way that secret spending is. If someone has a whole bunch of debt they didn't tell you about, I think that's financial infidelity Mm. in a bad sense. And that can be and feel just as bad as actual infidelity. So break apart the difference between secret account and secret spending, because a secret account does lead to secret spending. I think of it as a secret savings account. I don't think you're having a special account that you're doing some nefarious stuff with. And I think that's secret spending. But having a nest egg for yourself or your family, I think, is smart. Yeah. I I mean, that that really struck me with that woman who we talked to because the thing that she wants to do is be responsible. And the craziest part of that conversation to me was that she had to hide being responsible. But when your partner has a problem, sometimes you just don't outright say that you're trying to help them and outline those ways that you're trying to do that because you're just doing it quietly and you just have their back and you don't necessarily need to tell them that, you know, you're hiding the alcohol or you're hiding whatever. Do you think I have a way in which I think we can both agree on something? Do you think that if you are a person with a secret account, then we advise you, I will advise you, and we'll see if Nicole co-signs, I advise you to step back and ask yourself, is this secret account a way to sidestep a problem that should just be addressed in your relationship? And if the answer is yes, right? If the answer is not, no, I have this secret account because I'm just afraid of abandonment and I worry that possibly we're going to get divorced and therefore it makes me feel safer and more comfortable to be taking care of myself and putting money away, which is very different from... I have this account because my husband does not know how to save money and therefore I just creating this thing because somebody's got to be responsible around here. If you're in the category in which the secret account is a sidestep of a problem, then address the problem. Yes. And if it's to have your own back, don't talk about it. Do you agree on that? <sighs> I. We're so close. We're so... You can do it. <laughs> I know you can. I, I have I have trouble with it, but here's why. It's because I don't feel like I can tell someone who went through enough shit that they have this kind of trust problem that they should just start trusting. I I can't do that. I'm not carrying the same burden. I don't know how to tell someone, stop 
reacting to the world that you do based on your life experience. But ideally, I think that, yes, you should get rid of these barriers to connection and to honesty and make sure that you and the person that you are dating or married to or whatever, that your partner, that you are going forward together with a mutual understanding of how you function in the world and the resources available. So basically you teased me with a potential consensus between us. Yes. And then you took it away. Well, I just wanted you to agree with my part. (laughs) That's not how I was thinking about it. But I, I do have trouble fully signing on to a kind of... I don't want to use the word infidelity. I definitely don't think that a secret account is anywhere near as bad as cheating. I am not with those 20%. But I do feel like if my wife had a secret account, I would feel like something had gone wrong in the relationship and I would want to fix that. Like the secret account isn't the problem. The secret account is the symptom of a problem. And I would want to know what the problem is. But let me ask you a question, Jason. Yeah. Have you ever asked her? If she has a secret account? Uh, no. You think I should? You're raising an eyebrow. I don't think that I should. I feel, I feel, fu- you know what I feel like? I feel like we should bring in a third person. And let me just skip this entire awkward line of questioning. John Taffer. I love it when you do that. Is a man who knows a lot about money and also a lot about marriages because he is rescuing both. And he... I think, is going to have a very, 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 because this is what he does, strong opinion on this. Nicole, have you ever thought about the one that got away? Jason, I am happily in a relationship. You know that. No, the hire that got away. Someone that you thought was perfect for your team, but ah, they were already with another employer. Oh, well, in that case, yeah, I think about her all the time. Well, it's not too late. You can reach out to that person on LinkedIn. LinkedIn Jobs helps you hire professionals that you can't find anywhere else, even people who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. Okay, looks like it's time for me to shoot my shot. Do it. And I know you may have your heart set on one person, but if you do want to open it up and post a role to a bigger applicant pool, you can do it for free at linkedin.com slash help wanted. And because there are so many professionals on LinkedIn, 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within just 24 hours. So you'll never have a one that got away again. Incredible. That's linkedin.com slash help wanted. Yep. LinkedIn.com slash help wanted. Terms and conditions apply. Happy hiring ever after. John Taffer is an entrepreneur, author, podcaster, franchiser, speaker, and most famously the host of the hit TV show Bar Rescue, where he helps struggling bar owners turn their businesses around, as well as the new show Marriage Rescue, where he does the same thing with couples. And that combination of personal and finance makes him the perfect man to weigh in on our subject of the day, because a relationship full of secrets might just be a relationship that needs a rescue. So first, John, thank you for being on Hush Money. Oh, great to be here, guys. You know, I think that uh, it's an important topic. 
Amen to that. So, John, we have asked you here to be the final word on this question. Should someone have a secret bank account that they keep from their spouse? Nicole says, yes, this is all about empowerment, and a secret account is often a fine solution to an otherwise unsolvable problem. I say no. A secret account is a symptom of a bigger problem that's worth addressing before it gets out of control. So, John, it is time to rescue one of us from our unvalidated opinion. Who is correct, me or Nicole? Well, sorry, uh, Nicole. Uh, I'm going to go with Jason, and here's wow. my reasoning. Aha! Here's my reasoning why. And if there's anything I've learned in marriage rescue, it's the minute the word secret gets in a marriage, it's a cancer. It creates distrust. It causes her to lie to him when they have money issues. Oh, you know, we, we can't afford, we can't. He's now going to be the receiver of mistrust. And by taking the money and hiding it, I'm going to guess if they got divorced tomorrow, she's not going to go split that money with him. This has become her money. Yeah. That's not the deal when people get married. That's not the deal. So what's the deal when people get married? I think a marriage is a partnership. But I think if you sit down with somebody and say, I'm going to have a separate bank accounts from you or I'm not going to, that's the beginning of an unhealthy relationship in my view. And I believe that when a marriage takes, Nicole, the easy route, and it concerns me that you said that, Sure, it's a quick, easy solution. Ah, just open a secret bank account, don't tell them. Problem solved. No. You're putting aside a huge issue. You don't feel your spouse is responsible for whatever reason. You don't feel he can be trusted. You don't feel you can tell him the truth. You feel you have to keep secrets from him. This is a big issue. And when you take the shortcut that time, you'll take the shortcut another time and another time and another time. Now you buy something you don't want to tell him about, ah, it's okay, I took it out of that account. He doesn't know it anyway. Now there's a second lie and there's a third lie. That's not a healthy relationship. So I would really very strongly disagree with that view of the secret account. So, John, the thing that I found very challenging with the story that we heard at the very beginning of this episode from this woman was that the reason she had a secret account was to make her family's finances more responsibly managed. She was doing this for what she would say was a really good reason. And, I, you know, I had asked her, well, why don't you just tell your husband that you'll take over the family finances? And she was afraid of running the family finances because she thought she'd be so strict that it would create even more tension. Uh, I wonder, you know, putting on your marriage rescue hat, what do you say to her? There are certain elements that a relationship must have to be successful. One, you have to be significant to each other. Okay, that's not part of this conversation. Second, there has to be a connection between the two of you. That's not really part of this conversation. The third element, of course, is, is trust and continuity. You've got to believe in your future together or you have nothing to fight for. You don't give up on things like financial security. You solve them together. But when, when uh, uh, these things, key elements of a relationship start to fall apart, that's when a marriage is doomed. Now, if I think I have to get a secret bank account from my spouse, then he's not significant enough to me to sit and talk with him about it. I don't believe enough in the continuity of my marriage to be able to sit and talk about it. These become pillar issues about believing in continuity. Now, if they can't sit down and resolve these issues together, th then if she feels that you know, this is the roots that she needs to take, then dare I say she's given up before she's even started. And that's not the formula for a healthy relationship, in my view. Yeah, but the truth is that so many women get screwed at the end of a relationship. 
you know, I've talked to women who've gotten divorced who are left with nothing. And so while in theory, it's awesome to have the all of the financial transparency in the history of the world, the reality is just not that. But so, so you're going to enter into a marriage with the assumption that you're going to be screwed. So you got to protect yourself from that. That's unhealthy from the get go, Nicole. I don't think it's necessarily going into it. But if, if that's if that's the view of a relationship that, you know, women get screwed all the time. So, so you know, in marriages, so I you know, if I protect myself, then I got to tell you, you shouldn't get married then because that's a lousy way to enter a relationship. Hey, listen, I'm the only one that's not married here. So that's probably why. Let me finish. If you're going to penalize me for the actions of someone else, that's completely unreasonable. So I think this is a deeper view that, that really needs to be examined, and it's trust. And you don't go into a relationship with, not without trust, and you don't do anything to break that trust down. And the word secret should not be in a marriage. Yeah, as you know, that financial infidelity is also one of the biggest causes of divorce and fights. So we sit down and we say, I'm going to put a bank account in another bank. We're going to take 10% a month of our money. We're going to put it in that bank account. John, I'm not going to put it in your name. I'm going to put it in my name, but I want you to know it exists. You know I'm a little more responsible with the money. I'll save the money. You make it. Let me save it. When a rainy day comes, we will have that money. That's a solution to me because that's a couple talking about it and working it through together. And you don't think you should ultimately protect yourself too? put your oxygen mask on first? I think you protect yourself not at the expense of your spouse. I think that's completely wrong. Do you not believe in any little white lies? No. No lies I don't believe it. No. Even if it hurts the other person? My wife and I know each other's computer passwords, know each other's phone passwords. There's no secrets. That's really healthy. Think about living your life that way. Wouldn't that be wonderful? I'm not sure if radical honesty or radical transparency necessarily is wonderful all the time. If you tell somebody exactly what you think, it doesn't feel great. I just don't believe de- I don't believe that, that you know a spouse should, should be involved in deception to another spouse. I don't believe that that is ever a formula for success. That's my view. And, I'm, and honestly, no, there's not much you could say to me in a call to change it because I feel very strongly about it. Oh, I got that part. John is not keeping his feelings a secret. (laughs) There's no secret with you. (laughs) Uh, So, John, let's end this then with some constructive instructions for that woman from the beginning. So what should she do? Should she sit down and say, listen, husband, uh, you are not good at saving money. We need to have a different financial plan here for our family. I think it's more than that, Jason. I think it's looking at her husband and saying, honey. I'm scared. I'm worried. I don't sleep at night over this. This is really important to me. I want to take 5 or 10% of our monthly income. I want to put it aside in a bank account. I'm going to put the bank account in my name because I don't want you running and spending it. And this is our nest egg. I will sleep better at night and so will you. Honey, look me in the eyes and say yes. What's wrong with that? You know what really jumps out at me about what you just said there is that you started by making it very, very personal. Because right, the, yes. the way that I, the example vulnerable. that I get, vulnerable, that's right, that's a great word for it. Because the, the answer that I was thinking was, you know, sitting down and being like, listen, there's a problem. But you started, you started it in a different way. You said, I'm listen, scared. I'm scared. Well, there's a reason why. Yeah. What husband wants his wife to be scared? Yeah. What husband wants his wife to feel insecure? Nicole, if you were my wife and you were feeling that, man, that would hit me between the eyes. No husband wants to hear that from his wife. His initial reaction is going to be, well, honey, how do I help you with this? 
Wouldn't that be your reaction, Jason? Yeah. I, I mean, the moments that I have paused, I'd say the most in my life is when my wife has been like genuinely upset at something, <laughs> you know, because, because then I realize, oh, something's on the wrong, like the, we're on the wrong tracks and I don't know how. And I, and I know yeah. that we got to get it right back on. See, Nicole? No, I think it's great advice. It isn't about money. It's about that she feels it's insecure. That's the point. Well, a lot of money issues come from insecurity, of course. Of course. But my point is, they're going to bicker about money, but they're not going to bicker about her feeling insecure. That hits home. That's my point. You know, here's the issue. When finances are one or the others, then when we run out of money, it's your problem because you handle the money. When we do it together, it's our problem. And I really think marriages, just as a general rule, and partnerships, by the way, Jason, this would be no difference in a business partnership. Because I think a, you know, marriage and a business partnership are very much the same. It's interesting how undissimilar they are once you take the intimacy out of it. You know, a great partnership has the same elements that a great marriage has. And trust is a big one. I think it's great advice. I think that having vulnerability, not just in a relationship, but in the business world as well, is, is very important. I think people end up trying to point fingers and say, you did this, you did that. And instead, if you're coming to it from that vulnerable place, you're more likely to have a successful conversation. I think a lot of it is not fearing confrontation with your spouse and understanding that confrontation yields very, very valuable results in very many cases. I'm not one who believes that with a spouse in particular, that one should avoid confrontation ever. I think it makes for a pretty good podcast, too. (laughs) <laughs> it does. <laughs> touché, Nicole, well, touché. well, John, it's great that your prescription for this is really having an extremely frank conversation. And here I think we've modeled getting getting really direct. And uh, and, and I appreciate that. And uh, Nicole, how do you feel? Come to my rescue. <laughs> <laughs> well, John, thank you for bringing your confrontation to Hush Money. <laughs> it was fun. Nicole, you still love me? I do love you. Like a bar loves a rescue. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not scared of confrontation. I wanted more confrontation, as a matter of fact. I think you guys should take the confrontation on the road. Yeah, we should. Let's do it. Let's 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 do it again sometimes. Find some great topics. Let's confront the hell out of each other. Hey, we'd love to have you. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks, John. It's a deal. I look forward to it. Well, that was intense. John Taffer is an intense dude. He is an intense dude. That's his thing. You know what was most intense to me was not you guys going back and forth. It was actually the intensity of his belief in no secrets. That is a that's a hard stance to actually take to have zero secrets in a relationship. You think you could actually do that? I think I could do that in my relationships. I just think the reality is most Women in particular are nervous to talk about finances, and those nerves end up screwing them in the end. Yeah. And so I'm always a big proponent of self-preservation and protecting yourself. I love that he brought this sh- shake-up. He's like, don't crouch back. Have that conversation. I'm into it. Have it. Bring it, John. Talk. Any day. I'm into it. And I think that having a tough conversation... Having conflict, having debate is better than having no conversation at all, especially around money. All right. Time for the drink. Yes, please. (laughs) Make it a go.
And that is Hush Money. Hey, are you subscribed to Hush Money wherever you get your podcasts? You should be. And please give us a rating, which helps others find the show. It sure does. And if you want to keep up with us on social, I'm at Nicole Lappin. Jason is at Hey Pfeiffer. And for the podcast specifically, it's at Hush Money Podcast on Instagram. We've got great people to thank. Our amazing producer is Christina Everett. Thanks also to Mangesh, Hatikador, Will Pearson, Beth Ann Macaluso, and Nikki Etor, and the rest of the great iHeart team. Our sound editing is by Mary Duke. And a special thanks to my badass NBG team, Sabrina Anderson, Megan Nelson, and Kate Garrison. Hush Money is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. <laughs> 